Pumpkins here, and you're in for another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Actually, that's not true. This is the first episode of Buy Pumpkin. Hey, I don't know how you could possibly be listening to this unless you already know who I am, but I'm Princess. I host another podcast called Spelling Tea. I'm often on another podcast called Feathers in My Hair. Um, and this is the first episode of my niche reality rewind podcast. So this is the concept. What I'm going to do is I plan on going through old reality trash TV that has had an effect on me and an effect on pop culture at large. Um, I, if, if I'm smart, I would have called this a VH1 Rewind podcast where I just go over VH1 reality TV shows. But as much as I'm like so excited to talk about Flavor of Love, Breaking Bonaducci, Charm School, Celebrity Couples Therapy, etc., I also want to look at shows like Girls Next Door, Bad Girls Club, Making the Band, True Life, John and Kate Plus 8. Like, I'm really interested in these in these shows that I feel like we know the names of, or at least most of us do. Most of us know the names of, but we don't get it. We don't talk about them enough. I'm starting with Flavor of Love, and the reason I'm doing that is because it's had a huge impact on pop culture, internet culture, and because it spawned our beloved Tiffany New York Pollard. Um, Tiffany was one of the first super powerful, super cunning black reality TV star, well, and also a woman on our on our TV. Um, I always say she walked so that Nene could run, and and Nene Leaks is part of what brought the popularity to the Housewives franchises. She started, she did most of the casting. She was the, was the starter. I, on every, on every franchise, there's, there's a starter. There's a person that connects everyone together. And I should call them the connector, not the starter, because that makes more sense. But yeah, she's the connector there. She's the one that got people on the show. She got Kim Zolciak on the show. She's the one that told them to look at Sheree. And even though the Real Housewives of Atlanta was the third in that franchise to start. It goes OC, New York, Atlanta. The fact is Atlanta gets the most episodes every year. Atlanta gets the best ratings every year. Atlanta, once Atlanta started, it really set that that entire set of franchises on fire. She's, you can, listen, we can talk about Bethany Frankel all day. And the fact she's probably the, the first self-made the most successful of all the franchises and self-made, but Nini's the most mainstream. Nini's the one that went off and became an actress. Sure, she was acting in all Ryan Murphy productions, and she, and he doesn't put her in things anymore. And I'm sure it's because she used his name one too many times to get into a restaurant in L.A. But the fact is, she is the one that went mainstream. Lots of these other girls, they'll they'll be Bravo girl, they'll be Bravo girls for the rest of their life. Nini Leaks is a household name. Um, in a different way than Bethany is. And I just, if we trace, if we trace back our housewife culture now, we can trace that to the blow up of Nene Leaks. And if we can trace Nene Leaks, there's a straight line from her to Tiffany Pollard. And so like, I find, I also think Flavor of Love was a really interesting segue for VH1. They'd already done the surreal life and strange love and they were dipping their toes in reality TV, but 
Flavor of Love marks a turning point in VH1 programming. And it spawned all of these of love uh, shows. Rock of Love. Was it Ray J of Love? It might have been. Um, T- Tiffany got her own show. Uh, Daisy of Love was one of the girls from the Rock of Love franchise. Uh, Megan Wants a Millionaire. The... If, what is the name? It wasn't the challenge. It was a it's 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 VH1's version of the challenge where we put all these reality TV stars together. Um, Megan wants a millionaire. Pretty much killed that because some guy went on there and uh, he like I think he murdered his girlfriend or something like that. Those shows, the involvement of those shows, really spun the audience for VH1, right? And now, when we turn on VH1, we have Black Ink Crew. We have every love and hip-hop in the world. We have all these shows that would not be able to exist if Flavor of Love hadn't become such a popular hit. So basically, let's let's get into it, okay? Um, We're doing the first episode. It is called, the first episode of the first season, it's called 15 Beds beds and a bucket of puke what a great fucking title guys um just so you remember it's 2006 okay let's talk about where Flav is right now at the time he was 47 years old he he is famous because he's a member of the rap group public enemy he was the hype man for the group he's always the guy that runs out front and wears the funny hats and has the clock and acts all crazy and everything the the group is probably best known for being like a socially conscious politically conscious rap group from the well I think they're from the west coast but Flav is from New York he's from Long Island he's from Roosevelt Hempstead that area um you might remember him from that song 911 is a joke don't make me sing it look it up on the internet I'm not gonna sing it Ooh, I was about to sing. I'm not singing. <laughs> I'm not singing. But if you're old as fuck, you know that song. I that song we used to sing when we were little little kids. I don't know why we thought it was funny. Probably because Flav is funny. Flav has always been like the jester of rap. Um, over the years, he's had like a ton of addiction issues. He's been arrested numerous, numerous times uh, for drunk driving and drug possession. Uh, if I skip ahead to the present, I think the last time he got arrested was on his way to his mama's funeral. I mean, he used to get arrested a lot. He's known for having a lot of kids and not paying child support for them. A ton of kids. Um, anyway, so he was having trouble in New York. He moved out to LA because Chuck D, Chuck D is, well, depending on who you talk to, he's the leader of Public Enemy. And he said, come on out to LA. You've been getting in trouble. I'm worried about you. So he comes out, and within a couple of months, he's he's met the producers of The Surreal Life. And they ask him to be on The Surreal Life 3. And he doesn't want to do it because he thinks that The Surreal Life is for has-beens, which mm, that is a popular notion. The Surreal Life was a house, well, the concept was they put a bunch of I don't want to say has-beens, but they put a bunch of stars in a house 
and had them live together. It was probably for like two fucking weeks, to be honest, and had them do activities together. Now, the thing is, when we say star, like Rihanna doesn't have time to go do some shit like that. Then you you can't pay Rihanna to do some shit like that. So it's a VH1 reality TV show. And remember, once real life came on VH1, VH1 didn't have a ton of like it didn't have a ton of money in its pockets. It's I'm just saying it wasn't offering a million dollars to someone to come on a show like that. So if your budget is small, who can you get? Well, you get people who aren't in the spotlight as much anymore. You get stuff like that. You get Peter Brady. You get people like that. And if you've watched that show, you remember that the brat was on it. And the whole time she was on it, she was talking about how the other people were has I mean, it's a popular, like I said, it's a popular opinion, but he talked to MC Hammer and MC Hammer like convinced him was like, no, you got to do it. So he did it. Now gets on the show. So real life three people find him funny. They find him enjoyable. I interesting. I don't know if they find him endearing, but he was one of the, like the most popular people on the show that year. And it's mostly because he started dating Brigitte Nielsen. We were watching him fall in love with Brigitte Nielsen. Now, if you don't know who she is, she's a Danish actor from the 80s. Um, she used to be married to Sly Stallone. She's Red Sonia. Um, I've heard her called a Great Dane because she's like 11 feet tall, and I think that's pretty funny. And just think about this giant white blonde lady combined with this little dark imp of a man who's wearing a clock and keeps going, yeah, boy, and... It just these two put together and they seemingly are falling in love. Now they are slapping each other. You really should go back. They they slapped each other at some point. Um and had a little fight. Oof. Um but it really drew an audience and so when Surreal Life Three was over, they um they follow the cameras followed uh Gita as he calls her and Foofy Foof as she called him as they tried to like fit into each other's lives. Um, basically, if you get a chance to watch that show, Strange Love, you should. There is a point where Flav is going to do a public enemy concert and Brigitte Nielsen dresses up in her best 90s b-boy hip-hop drag and is on stage dancing horrifically. And Chuck D is also on stage and is basically like, what the fuck is this? Flav? Flav. Come get your friend. You better come get her. <laughs> it's a really good scene. You should watch it. It's a good episode. Um, anyway, Brigitte and Flav broke up. She married some young, young thing. I think that she was engaged to that guy pretty much the whole time they were together. I feel like. I could be wrong. Um, so he's heartbroken. He's back in the U.S. Um, full time. And the producers come to him and say, Flav, we're going to put you in a house with 20 women. And we're going to do this show. And the in the article I read, the, the producers were like, so he go, he's like, and then Flav says to me, oh, come on, man. You don't know those girls are going to pick me. And they had to explain the concept to him that he would be doing the picking. And then, and that he'd be paid, obviously. And that was a wrap. They were going to definitely do this show. Um, so when the show starts, the first thing they do is they, they have the girls all lined up in like a, in like 
lines, like four lines of, of girls. And the voiceover saying they gathered for one thing in common, the love for one very special man. And this is ridiculous because a couple of things to think about here. Many of the girls who got on this show, when they went to the to the casting calls at clubs and things like that, did not know that the dude that they were going to be vying for was Flavor Flav. I'm telling you right now, watching the show over again, looking at them, it's clear lots of them don't even know who he is now. Like they have a very, uh, like somebody told them who he was in like two lines. They have no idea. Like they, they, they don't know who this dude is. And so when producers asked, was this real? Like after, years after the show was canceled, they said, yeah, it was real. And, but the way they said it was that like, so these shoots last two, three weeks tops. And you're away from your family. You don't have your phone. I know it's 2006, but seriously, you can't, you, you're not really talking to anybody. You're just in this house competing with these other people. And you can do one of two things. You can go on, you can go on a limo and go on a nice dinner with Flavor Flav, or you can stay at the house and do nothing. And the truth is it gets to people and they do, they really do want to go out on these dates with him. They really are vying for his attention because otherwise, what are you doing? But the way he explained that sounds like Stockholm syndrome, sounds more like I'm being put in a competitive environment and isolated. So I'm going to compete, not I'm really into this dude. And I definitely know who Flavor Flav is. And I'm definitely going to be in a relationship with him. That's not what was happening. Um, so like I said, they start off there panning over the girls. They do some quotes from from some of the girls, and we see Pumpkin for the first time. Pumpkin is the white girl with the short hair, um, the short blonde hair. Now, hmm, let's talk about why this show is called By Pumpkin, okay? I chose that name, not to name it after Pumpkin, but to name it after something Madam New York said to Pumpkin after a spitting incident. We'll get there, but, that, but I just want to make sure we understand. I believe... That Flavor of Love is an incredible turning point in the history of reality TV and pop culture and internet culture. I believe that. I believe the reason it was so successful was because of New York. And that moment where she's yelling, bye pumpkin, bye, bye pumpkin. I think that that moment really is the pivotal one of the entire show. So that's why I named the show that. But we'll get there. We'll definitely get there. Um, either way, I was happy to see Pumpkin because I know that she is going to play a pivotal part in the show. I remember that she's like so important to the show. So as they pan over the girls, we also see Hoops, who was going, who's going to go win the show. Guys, if, if that was a spoiler to you, I don't know what to tell you. But she's going to win the show. This, this show was on 13 years ago. Hoops wins. Hoops, they don't they don't stay together, obviously. Um, I don't think they ever were together. She she wins. Um, she goes on to date and she was in a relationship for a long time with Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, she broke up with him. I they they had one of those Jack and a Beanstalk type relationships, you know, where the girl's like a smooth three feet tall and the guy is a literal giant and they just walk around holding hands while his like 
faces in the clouds and she's crawling on the ground and people are like, Ooh, look at that. You know, one of those type of relationships. They had one of those for a long time. And then they just like walk around. He carried her places like she was a toddler. It was strange. Um, this is after his marriage to Shawnee O'Neal. I think he's getting back together with Shawnee O'Neal. So let's talk about that after all this. Anyway, so Flav shows up and he does a little jig and he's got his bodyguard slash wrestling manager, Big Rick. When I say wrestling manager, on wrestling shows, they have, like, a person might have a manager, it's, but it's not not in our sense. I'm using quotations around. And it's the person that walks them out and, like, you know, helps them do promos and says things like, he's going to kill you tonight. It's their manager um, on the show. And they don't wrestle, but they're, like, part of the act. And that's what Big Rick feels like to me because Big Rick is not my understanding is Big Rick is not his assistant. Big Rick was like brought in by the show and that he doesn't have any any role except to walk around with Flav and like pretend to open curtains for him and bullshit like that and like bring out shit on a silver tray. Keep in mind that when Flavor Flav, when the producers found Flav first in real life, he was Back in, he was in LA. He was getting a lot of trouble in New York. He was living with some girl named Princess. It wasn't me. You'd be surprised how common the name Princess is. You'd be surprised how common the name Princess Jones is. It's incredibly common. But he was living with some girl named Princess. He's broke. He's got all these kids. He's in a lot of trouble. He's still fighting his addictions. So he gets a little bit of money with the surreal life. I'm sure he got a little bit more money with with uh, Strange Love. And but he's still going through all this stuff. I mean, so. Like, the idea that Flav is rich is crazy. The idea that Flav is rich enough to have a manservant follow him around is ridiculous. Um, and also, you'll notice when he walks in that he's that Big Rick is holding an umbrella over Flav's head and he's holding the tails of, of Flav's purple um, suit up. Now, you got to remember, this is a time when Diddy had just changed his name to Diddy. By the way, he wants to change his name again. Diddy, there's only so many name changes we're going to take from you, bro. Like, like, you can't keep doing this, but whatever. At the time, Diddy had just changed his name to Diddy, and he's kind of, like, reinventing himself as, like, you know, the richest guy in the world. <laughs> Not in the world, but you know what I mean? Like, that guy, that persona of his. Because previously, his persona, persona when... um when Biggie was alive and when he was doing that was not necessarily of, I don't know. He just changed personas. He, he was reinventing himself. Diddy does it a lot. We're still talking about Diddy. That's saying, that's saying a lot. But anyway, uh, this is around the time that he, Diddy had all those paparazzi photos of him with his assistant manservant, Fonsworth Bentley. And he was like holding an umbrella over, over, um, Diddy, while he was on the walking along the beach, like he would just show up and hold an umbrella over Diddy. Um, I'm gonna post that. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna post some pictures of Fonsworth and Diddy to my Instagram. The Instagram is at by pumpkin podcast, and pumpkin is spelled the way Flav spelled pumpkin's name. It's P U M K I N. Um, I'm gonna post it to the Instagram. That's a great place to reach me if you want to send me a DM comment on the content that's a great place to do it 
that's where I'll see it. I, you know, um, but so Fonzworth Bentley, because of the, of those outings they had in the paparazzi picture, Fonzworth Bentley did all kinds of things. He was in, he was on Making the Band. He was in videos. He did a show on VH1 called From G's the Gents, which is kind of a spinoff of Charm School, if you think about it, except for, for like young thug guys. Um, he wrote a book called Adventure Swagger, How to Use Manners, Confidence, and Style to Get Ahead. Um, someone published that for him. But you got to keep in mind that at the time, Diddy, that, that, he says, and even Diddy um, admits this, that, that his role as manservant was kind of like, um, was, was kind of like really an acting role. It was, it was just him pretending. It was his idea to do those things. And, it was him that brought the the umbrella out and was like, let's do this. And you can tell later because within, for like the next year after that, Fonzworth Bentley is on red carpets everywhere with an umbrella. He's always pausing with umbrellas. I think he had a line of umbrellas. He was branding himself to do all those things. Um, I don't think he ever was his butler. He ever was his manservant. I really think that, that it was almost like a performance art piece of what they were doing. Um, even if they wouldn't necessarily call it that. And he really just showed up to like, be over the top to add to Diddy's persona. Okay, where where was I? See, okay, so see those tangents like that? I'm gonna go off on tangents. That's just who I am. It's what I do, okay? So if you don't like that, stop listening to this podcast. Um, but what I was saying is Flav comes in, he does a jig. Everyone goes up for it. I think they're mostly laughing at him, to be honest. I think a lot of those girls are like, what's gonna happen when this guy, they've explained to me that the guy's gonna be Flavor Flav. Kind of explain to me who that is. I think I get it. What's going to happen? And he comes in and he's in a purple suit with a clock on and sunglasses. And again, he's this little dark imp of a man dancing into this room. And I think most of the reaction was laughter. But I don't know. They want to, they kind of want to sell it to us. They were like, ooh, he's here. Our man is here. Ooh. I just, I don't know. So they all get a chance to greet Flav and get FaceTime and make first impressions. Then we're seeing all this interspersed with talking heads from the girls. And one of them says, Flavor, Flav reminds me of my dad. It's Picasso, by the way. We'll get to the names part. But Flavor, Flav reminds me of my dad because my Flav is a clown and has gold teeth. And so is my dad. Now, I remember what. So at the time this was going, I was 26. Okay? It's 2006. I was 26. I was living with my roommate and... I just met my husband. He was living with us as well. And I would come home from my shitty waitressing job and write and watch Flavor of Love. And my husband hated it. My husband thinks that my husband's like about 2% hotep. He really believes that he only likes reality TV shows with black people in it, but he thinks all reality TV shows with black people in it are a detriment to black people. So, <laughs> catch 22. <laughs> but, and he doesn't really like TV. Mm, let me take it back. It's not that he doesn't like TV. He likes TV. He doesn't get a chance to watch TV. What he does is he lurks in the room while I'm watching TV and makes comments on what I'm watching. And if he likes it, he likes it. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. But that's the only real TV he sees is if I'm watching TV and he happens to be in the room. And he's been that way from the, since the day I've met him. Um, so he did watch this with me. And he did find, he was like, those girls, they're in love with Flavor Flav? How? 
Like, let's talk about the fact that, so Picasso talks about that her dad is, he reminds her of dad. It's possible that if Picasso, she looks 20, 21, Flame is old enough to be her father. Like, he's old enough to be most of these girls' fathers. And also, in terms of handsomeness, traditional handsomeness, Flavor Flav does not have that. But I'll give you, it sounds like I'm downing him. I'm not downing him. I'm just saying that no one's going, break me off a piece of that shit. No one's saying that about Flav. But I bet that, especially when he's at his height, being famous, having money, I bet he was a charmer in terms of like, his personality, I bet he was someone that was really crazy that you like. He really swept you off your feet and things like, I bet, I don't know, I just bet that he's one of those people that is more attractive once you've been around him for a while. And you know what? I'm not going to hate on it because I'm one of those people too. No one's, no one's looking at my Instagram pictures going, I've got to get me that. I've got to get it. But I am someone that if I, my personality leads me. That sounds disgusting to say. Is that because we're not, we're taught not to talk about each other, ourselves positively? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. The fact is, is that I have a personality that if you hang out with me and you like, you're going to like me more the more you hang out with me. It's not about looks. And I, I've had many love affairs to prove it. Many guys I should never been able to get, but it's a personality thing. And I think Flav probably has that too. We can't see it because he's on TV and it's, it's different when he's on TV. Or maybe you can see it. Maybe you're one of those people who saw Surreal Life 3 and was like, oh, who is that guy? He's funny. Oh, I hope he and Brigitte get married. Like, you might have been one of those people. But, um, yeah, I think it it also doesn't help that you're locked in a mansion with him for two weeks and, and you only get to go out to dinner if you want a date with him. So maybe that has something to do with it, too. Anyway, ugh. so... <laughs> He walks up to one girl and says, I like big, tall ones. And she does this talking head where she says she told her parents what she was doing. And they were like, oh, no. <laughs> but she told him that Flav isn't an addict anymore. And he might, he may or may not be taking care of his children, but he's changed. <laughs> See, when this was first going on, when 2006, I was watching this. I don't remember it being this funny. I don't remember being this blatant. I remember thinking, this is ridiculous. There's no way. There's no fucking way they're fucking with me right now. There's no way this is a real thing. But I don't remember it being so blatant in the talking heads. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm a different person now because we, I think we all had a reality cherry popped in different ways. And when I mean that by that is when you kind of realized it was fake and you were like, this is, this isn't a real thing. And for most of us, it wasn't the first time we saw a reality TV show. It was much later. Um, for me, I remember watching The Hills. And what year did The Hills come out? Oh, I know. People love it when you type on the on a podcast and they can hear you. By the way, are you guys watching watching The Hills reboot? Like, is that... Who's wasting their time with that one? Make sure you come over to my... Instagram and let me know if I should waste my time with that shit. It's, um, again, my Instagram is at by pumpkin podcast and pumpkin is P U M K I N. Um, the Hills came out in 2006 and I would say, 
You know what? I take it back. It was Laguna Beach. Laguna Beach is when I was like, so I was like, it was Laguna Beach was shot differently than the real world. You know, it's for the real world that the camera followed them places. They would go places and the camera would go behind them. So they would walk in a room and the camera would follow behind them. But I remember watching Laguna Beach and being like, cameras already in there when they go in rooms. That's weird. So do they stop? And then the camera goes in there and they set up a light. Is that what's going on? I remember being very like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this now. Yeah, babe. That's that's when I first started going, okay, so not everything I'm watching here is real. Um, and that's when my reality TV cherry got popped, Luna Beach. Um, I still believed everything I was watching in the real world when I was watching it. And the challenge, especially, not the challenge, road rules. I used to watch road rules because... Remember, road rules was supposed to travel. So real world stayed in one spot. Road rules would get on an RV or some shit and go places. And then later they start bringing them together for the challenge. And then they started feeding people into the challenge from wherever. Like, I don't know. You could be on true life and get on the challenge. I might be lying about that. <laughs> but it seems plausible. So I'm off on another change. Anyway. So, I mean, he introduces everybody. He's talking to everyone. And, like, they're all... He's giving them fake flowers from uh, Michael's. And um, the, he tells them all to go hang out and, like, check out the crib. His crib. He keeps saying his crib. You guys know this is a rented fucking mansion, okay? This is not... Does not belong to Flav. He's living in... He, at best, he's living in his own apartment. But he's probably living in somebody else's apartment at this point. Um, and when he does this, we get our first talking head of our queen... New York, and she's doing her signature eyes closed, head wagon. She used to remind me so much of Lamb Chop. She had these huge eyelashes on, and her eyes would always be closed like she was fucking high, and she'd be petting her weave. She's not doing it in this scene, but I think towards the end, she you'll, you'll see more of it. She's like petting her weave and going, he's my man, he's my man. But in this one, she's just going, I can't play fair. Like with all these 20 girls, I can't play fair. The only way to be seen, and I'm just not gonna play fair. Like, and I'm like, oh, my heart starts racing because I know that we're we're gonna see some crazy shit from this girl. Um, the girls all run around the mansion, um, the definitely rented mansion that has been decorated with clocks and pimp hats to make sure we know who it's supposed to belong to. And we see the talking heads of Hottie and Goldie, who will all be big parts of the season. And she also, this is one. I think her name is Rain. Let me tell you how to describe her. She has a big mouth, a big voice, and big teeth. She does a lot of yelling. Um, and essentially, she's saying, she's the first one that says something about there being 15 bags and 20 girls. And this is this has become a trope in these shows. Um, I know that Flavor of Love was kind of like, let's do our take on The Bachelor. I've never seen The Bachelor. I, it's impossible not to know what The Bachelor is like because it's so, it's so like heavily influences pop culture, but I know I don't want to watch it because they take themselves incredibly seriously. I do not think that reality TV where you are looking, where a bunch of women show up to a mansion in their best pageant tour 
and go out on horse riding dates with you is serious. It can't be serious. I can't take it seriously. I just can't. And so it's, I know that's not my type of show. The reason when Flavor of Love came out and I was, I was like, oh, I definitely have to watch this is because I felt like they knew they weren't shit. Like they knew that this was some bullshit to start off with. And they, there's a lot of like, mm, that I just feel like the show does not take itself seriously. And there's a lot of laughter about the show, about the contestants, about Flav himself. I think that the show is, is, is like very tongue in cheek and the bachelor is not that way for me. So, but anyway, this is a big reality trope of like people looking for their rooms in a mansion. I mean, reality, uh, the real world did stuff like this. And once they do that and they realize there's not enough beds, that's another trope for this style of show. And the fact is, is that somebody's going home like within a couple of hours. Like there's somebody about to leave. Somebody won't even get a bed tonight. I also noticed at this point there's no Chirons on the girls' talking heads. So the Chirons is is a Chiron is when on the screen it says it'll show like maybe some sort of logo or design and the girl's name. Because as we're watching the show, like we just met all these girls. I'm watching it for I'm probably watching this for the fifteenth time. But when you first watch the show, you don't know who these girls are. So, like, how, how the fuck are you supposed to keep up with them? So it tells you what their names are. Sometimes it tells you... Sometimes it tells you, uh, like, how old they are. But there are no Chirons on any of the talking heads right now. And that's because they don't have, quote-unquote, names yet. Guess what? We're going to give them some names. That's right. Flavor Flav is going to rename these girls like a slave master did with Punta Quinte. I... And this becomes a trope of all of the of love shows. Brett Michaels did it. Ray J did it. Um, oh my God. Chance and Real, the Stallionaires did it when they got their show. By the way, when Chance the Rapper, when I first heard of Chance the Rapper, I thought they were fucking talking about Chance from... Real chance of love. You know, Real died. His brother died. The one with all the long horse hair, he died. Oh, my God. If you know who the fuck I'm talking about, you're in the right place. If you don't know who I'm talking about, that's okay. We'll teach you. So, <laughs> so okay. So, he gives them names. Basically, he says he, he's not good at remembering names. That's what the show tells us. But right after he gives them, so if he gives them nicknames, he'll remember them. Right after he gives them the nicknames, they give him name tags. So he could have just done that with their real fucking names. It makes no fucking sense. I wonder, I wonder which producer was like, no, you definitely, you definitely, you definitely have to give them new names. Just, they got new life here, new names. So he gives them all these random names. It's random objects. Like, some of them are based on their, their, their looks. Like, or Cherry, he names her because her nipples are out. He names one oyster. <laughs> he names one peaches, one apples. He might have been hungry. <laughs> he names. He just gives them some a bunch of fucking random names. He. 
towards the end, he runs out of names. He's the one naming one girl shells because she likes scuba diving. Um, when Picasso, remember Picasso from earlier? That's like, he reminds me of my dad. My dad has gold teeth. When Picasso goes up there, she calls him Mr. Flavor. <laughs> Why? Because she's probably like 19 years old. Okay. And also, if Flavor's 42 here, he does not look like a good 42. Now, they say black doesn't crack, and I believe that. I know so many older black people that that look much younger. You know where it comes from is that people don't, not people, white people can't tell the ages of black people. There's a great 30 Rock episode on this where Liz and, fuck, what is his name? The guy who, um, the, the director, I forget his name. But they are trying to, they think Tracy's being scammed because a guy claims to be his son, but the guy looks his age. But here's the other thing. They don't know how old Tracy is. Tracy could be 50. Tracy could be 28. They don't really, really don't know. And the reason I found that episode so funny is because that's the truth. White people really do not know how old black people are. Um, stats show that in general, people have a really hard time identifying people of other races. Um, and that... Uh, and telling ages and things like that. And because white culture is so predominant, um, often things are being looked at through a white gaze. So that's where we get, that's where stuff like black don't crack and things like that come from. It's where racism occurs, where somebody, where an 11 year old black girl is considered a woman, looks womanly, and people are like, oh, she's this age and that age. But 11 year old white girl is considered, you know, a young, a kid still. And it's where, when we get into things like um, 19-year-old white guy who rapes someone is, is just a kid, but a 12-year-old black kid that's, you know, minding his business walking the streets and considered a man, a dangerous man, and should have known better. Like, the, this is all based on the fact that, this is all based on the idea that white people can't tell the ages of black people. That said, Flavor Flav does not look 40 fucking two. As a black person, I know plenty of black people. I've been around black people. It's my best friends of black people. I'm going to tell you right fucking now, nobody thinks Flavor Flav is 42. I think, they said he was born in 59. This happened in 2006. Well, how? Well, they said he was 42, but if he was born in 1959. Oh, 47. Still, I don't think he looks 47. He looks... I would have guessed he was in his 50s. But you know what? He's also had a rough life. Drug abuse will do that to you. Drinking all the time will do that to you. Like, shit. I don't, how many massages do you think Flavor Flavor's ever had? Well, on the show, 50. But I'm just saying, like, in real life. I don't know. He, he did not age well. Where was I going before I went off on this tangent about racism and Flavor Flav's looks? Um, shells mm. and Picasso. Picasso was like Mr. Flavor because <laughs> she's a child and he's a fucking old man. So next, there's a mixer. Keep in mind, this format has become the main format for all the of love shows. The first night, they always have a mixer where everyone has to kind of show out and like show who you are and get attention. And the name of the game is to get them alone or to draw attention or get them away from everyone else so that you make an impression. Because again, five girls are going home tonight, regardless of what happens. Um. And it's also the hardest it will ever be to get his attention because 
it's the most women in the house, 20 girls in the house. Um, eventually you'll be down to like 10 or five or so, and you'll really make an impression. But right now you have to figure out a way to do it. Um, it gets really competitive. Hottie pulls him into a room and basically puts the rest out. Smiley puts on a bathing suit and she looks amazing. Smiley is very beautiful. Um, I seem to remember, I want to say she's native Hawaiian, but I could be wrong. She could be Filipino, but she's got a banging ass body. She's got great tits. And you know what? They even mentioned that because she's a fucking stripper. She should have a banging ass body and great tits. But when you think about it, I mean, it's her job. But when you think about it, the girls, the couple of girls that go on the show, there are lots of strippers and not, not all of them look like that. That girl is hot. She's got on a lace like bathing suit. She's out there getting attention. Um, Picasso gets flaked talking about masturbating, masturbating. And she says he has, I think it's Hottie that says that wonders if he has a good sexual appetite. And Picasso says, of course he does. He has six kids. She's drunk, by the way. She, she looks drunk. Goldie's sitting right next to him. She's drunk too. And we will come back to fucking that. Um, so during this mixture, everyone's kissing Flav. Like if one of these girls have herpes, you all fucking got herpes. And the fact is Flav probably has herpes. But this always becomes a running theme on shows like this where you have to watch him making out with all these girls. And then he turns to you and he wants to make out with you too. And a lot of people are like, well, and if you're dating someone, you don't know who they're going out with. You don't know who they're having sex with. You don't know how they're kissing and stuff. And they're right. If you're just dating somebody, they're they're dating other people too, usually. But you don't have to watch them make out with other people. And also, you hope that they take a shower and, like, brush their teeth before they come to you. Like, it's not just the three of you should be just kissing together. And it, it gets to a point where, like, and so this is the first of its kind. So everything's pretty tame. But a lot of times in these mixtures, things get really wild. I think in the third season of Rock of Love, a girl someone did a shot out of a girl's pussy or something like that and and they had to like blur the shit out and Brett Michaels is on is doing a talking head like whoa I don't know man <laughs> this is what I thought was gonna happen and I remember at the time being like it took me a, a long time figuring out what happened because they really did like blur it and talk about it in a way that didn't explain exactly what happened it was only later that I realized that I guess she'd put a shot glass in her pussy and, and I don't girl I don't know how this fucking works. Anyway, and, and that, that makes me think of a story that one of the producers said about how they chose people because everyone was like, these are all big characters you chose. And and they were like, yeah, but Flav to his credit was open to all types. He didn't have any types, all walks of life. All, he really did was like get me a variety. And he would have he would just be having like straight up conversations with them and he, and he just say he asked everyone what was your like freakiest sexual um, experience and he said one girl was like I had a six way and he was like well dude I don't think there's enough holes for a six way and she just very calmly not like to be on camera not to be like a character was just like using hands and gestures was just like yeah yeah it is you just stick that there and you stick this here and you put your mouth there <laughs> and and he was like, basically, they weren't in the casting rooms going, who's the clown? Who can I get that's going to be a clown? They really wanted a mix of it. I remember a casting special. I don't remember what season it was for the real world. It might have been Hawaii. It might have been Hawaii. 
Um, did Hawaii have like a Filipino guy that like did graffiti or something like that? Anyway, they did a casting special where they were just showing how they figure out cast members and they, and, and they would like do little debates with them in the, um, in the casting process where they just be like, where a producer would like take a negative, a negative take on something that that person stood for and, and would like argue with them about it, like do a devil's advocate part about it. And basically they were saying that it's not that they're looking for conflict in there, but they are looking for, excuse me, they're not looking for fighting, but they are looking for conflict. They are looking for a mix and they cannot, if they cast seven of the exact same people who with the exact same personality types who ran away from conflict all the time, there would be no show. And the producers of flavor of love did talk about like, I'm looking for people, a good mix of people, but I'm also looking for people that um, can talk on camera and can interact with other people. And although I don't want there to be a fight, I do want there to be some sort of conflict or some sort of friction. And I'm the re- so I was just thinking about that because of all these, as we're watching the mixture, it's just girls everywhere. And there's, just, there's a mixture of them. They're in groups there. I'm sure producers put them in groups and said, Flav, sit here. I'm sh-. like, it's just a lot of women there and a lot of different women, not any two women seem the same. Um, the other thing I'm noticing is look at all these skinny eyebrows on these chicks. I am so jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous of 2006 eyebrows. I don't really grow hair and these thick eyebrows I have to deal with in 2019. I cannot hold a candle. I miss when I didn't feel inferior because half my face is in eyebrows. I'm also looking at the makeup. Most of the girls are wearing like a little eye, some lip, and that's it. And maybe Pumpkin. I think Pumpkin's wearing the most fucking makeup. And she looks almost natural compared to something today. Uh, Pumpkin's wearing chandelier earrings. Oh my God. You guys remember fucking chandelier earrings? They're fucking everywhere. And Rain is wearing these poly blend gauchos that my roommate at the time used to wear all of the time as if she wear them in black. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. I am like getting so many flashbacks from this, from this fashion. Um, all right. So let's talk about Goldie. Who is drunk? Okay. <laughs> I have a special affinity for Goldie. Goldie's a comedian in real life. Goldie is from Atlanta. She's from, well, she's not from Atlanta. She's from an area near Atlanta because she's from the fucking country. She's got a country girl. She's got a real body. She's, she just, I don't know. She just seems like a homegirl type. And I remember when I watched it the first time, I was like, Goldie and Flav, like, Goldie's not going to win. Goldie and Flav might go to a movie one time, but they're not, it's not going to win. Cause she's just too much fun. She just, I don't know. She, she, she could have easily just come and just like, I don't know, been an MC and just hung out with the girls on breaks. It just, I don't know. She just, uh, it's, she just did not give me sex pot and she didn't give me, I'm going to win this thing. But like I said, Goldie's drunk. She's singing about strawberries and wine. She's having a good time with the girl. She's making friends. She's at summer camp. <laughs> she falls asleep on the couch in the living room, in one of the living rooms. And Rain, the loud one with the loud teeth, trying to keep her up, trying to... <sighs> trying not to get her eliminated. I guess they, they bonded. 
And that's when Goldie throws up. <laughs> Picasso was behind her saying it smells like chicken. And they give her some bread and Goldie comes back to life. It was like Sleeping Beauty except there was vomit and bread involved. And she seems like unfazed by the fact that she was lying down vomiting on the couch on national television. On national cable TV. So um, now it's elimination time. <laughs> Um, now what Flav would do during elimination time was film a scene in front of a bunch of clock picture frames with all the girls' pictures in it while Big Rick sat next to him. Actually, Big Rick would pull a chain and the curtains would fucking open and then Flav would like talk about how he felt in front of the clocks. <laughs> and... Flame is doing these talking heads where he's like, it kind of bothered me, but then again, it didn't bother me, but it did bother me. And he's eating with the talking heads. Like, they just are like, Flame, we need to film this right now. Put that chicken down. And he's just like literally chewing. Like, you know, somebody's got to go. You know, somebody's got to leave. And they can't all stay. Chomp, chomp, chomp. So, um... I do know on the Bachelor League about roses, but Flavor, Flavor Flav gives out clocks. And if you get a clock to put around your neck, because remember, he's famous for wearing clocks around his neck. It means the girl knows what time it is. And whoever doesn't get a clock, it means your time is up. Punnery. I love it. <laughs> Shout out to whatever or whoever PA wrote that. Um, he gives out the clocks. The girls that don't get clocks come and say goodbye. And they're all pretty okay about it. And you'll notice through, throughout the season is that when he says, when he doesn't call their name and he asks them to come here to say goodbye, they're usually like really soft about it and really like, okay, well, you know, I still got love for you. And then sometimes they make out with them or whatever, but fine. And, but when they do their final talking head, which is done on the outside of the mansion, they're usually pretty pissed. And what I think happens is that they probably have to sit and wait for a while. They're probably put in this holding room. They got to get their shit. <sighs> or they're about to go get their shit. Um, a producer have talked to them. And they've had the time to sit with it. And they're like, I'm fucking pissed. And so they're all really angry. And most of them are angry that Goldie threw up and she got the stick. <laughs> Which, fair. I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased when it comes to Goldie. But yeah, like I too would be like, mmm... She did throw up. I feel like if you throw up, the game's over. So, um, but Cherry's really mad. Cherry's pissed. Um, anyway, so they're all leaving. And Flav ends the show by giving out a champagne toast and pouring some onto the carpet. Yo, whoever they rented this mansion from is definitely keeping their deposit. Like, between vomit, between the champagne, I'm sure. Keep in mind that, like, they're, they're keeping the place completely stocked with liquor. There's catering. That's probably how, that's probably what got Goldie. All this liquor that they're just giving you. You've got, you've eaten a lot of food. I guess chicken. That's what Picasso said it smelled like. And, and you're just, and again, Goldie's just there to have a good time. She's not getting married to Flav. And so... Like, they're not getting the fucking deposit back. I bet you, I bet you not. Um, he says he poured it out in honor of the girls who didn't get to stay. 
because they didn't get any of their glasses, so he poured it on their asses. Flame also rhymes. <laughs> I think he rhymes on this show because someone told him he's a rapper and he should rhyme, but Flavor Flav was not really, really a rapper. Um, he did some rap songs, but mostly what he did was hype up and like I said, run outside run out there with the hat with the horns on it and a clock and and like dance. That's what he did in the group. See, now somebody's going to come for me and be like, Flavor Flav was a rapper. Flavor Flav wrote all the rhymes. I don't know. But I'm just telling you what the perception was. Maybe he was an amazing rapper. Maybe he did get a lot of B-sides or whatever. But the fact is, is that on the show, on the show, on when you're watching the group or at the shows, it's mostly just him doing his dance. And you can't see me, but I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. With, but yeah. And um, so I think it's interesting that he just, he talks in rhymes so much. But you know, maybe that's just him. I have a feeling that with the, exception, with the exception of the fact that Flav was never single the entire time he was filming. He did three seasons of Flavor Love. He was never single. And I think by Flavor of Love 2, he was engaged. And right after Flavor Love 3 wrapped, he, he had another baby with that girl. They were on Celebrity Couples Therapy or something like that. Like, like yeah. Like, so with the exception of that tidbit, and I'm talking about producer fuckery, you know, the normal stuff on a reality TV show. Like, this isn't your house. Big Rick doesn't follow you around, holding, putting an umbrella under, over your head all the time. Shit like that. Um... With the exception of that type of stuff, I feel like Flav's pretty authentic on this show, which is a terrible thing to say about a reality TV show because authenticity on a reality TV show? Never. But um, I feel like he's pretty authentic about who he is and what he wants, and he doesn't do a lot of extra bullshit. And so I might believe that that rhyming shit he does is just something he does in real life. Like, if you met him at a chicken spot, he'd just rhyme real quick. You know, he'd just be like, I can't think of a rhyme right now. Right now, my mind will not let me rhyme. But you know what I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> like he just say a couplet while, while he was ordering his chicken. Um, so I can see it either way. He's also saying, towards the end, he's also saying that Listen, he knows those girls are hurt. They can't all stay and everything, but also let the record show they also had a good time. They're going to have a good time. Um, I can tell when Flav is talking to the girls, the way he talks about things and the way he he stumbles and the way he like repeats himself, I can tell it's not rehearsed. Like when he's addressing the girls and, he, and he's saying, ladies, come over here for the champagne toast. You know, we're going to have a good time up in here. Like I can tell... That someone said, go, all right, now all you gotta do is tell them the champagne toast and then, like, click the thing. And he adds all... I, I, like I said, I feel like if we take away the reality TV fuckery of it all, um, I think that he's pretty authentic in his feelings and in his reactions to everything and what he's saying. Um, I can't believe I'm fucking saying that. But that's that's what it seems like to me. Anyway, um, he says he's gonna have a good time. And that's pretty much it. And I'm thinking, like, me too, Flav. Like, I'm really excited about the fact that I'm getting to talk about Flavor of Love. And I'm gonna, it's 11 episodes. We just did one. And for the next 10 weeks, we'll be talking about this. Um, it's all happening. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's all happening right now. 
I'm really excited about this. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you're ready for this ride with me. Um, and if you need, if you need to get in touch with me, or if you want to talk about the show, or if you want to see all the pictures I'm about to post, because I took a lot of screen grabs of funny shit that went down. Um, you should go to my Instagram. It's at by pumpkin podcast. Pumpkin is spelled P U M K I N. Uh, follow me, comment, send me a DM, whatever. And I'm going to see you guys next week, next Sunday, another episode in your feed. Wait for it. Okay. Bye.